Hello and welcome to Say Hi to the Future, Ingenious Thinkers, a podcast aimed at highlighting the human side of ingenuity. My name is Ken Tenser, curator of Say Hi to the Future, helping leaders think differently in the face of uncertainty and ambiguity. Better thinking, better outcomes. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Say Hi to the Future, Ingenious Thinkers, a podcast highlighting Ingenuity's human side. My name is Ken Tenser, curator of Say Hi to the Future, helping leaders think differently in the face of uncertainty and ambiguity. With me today is Andrea Gori, Chief Earth Officer and founder of Aluminum.com the leading source of sustainability information and data, and one of AngelList's top digital startups in Europe. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Andrea Gori, welcome to the 100th episode of Ingenious Thinkers. Thank you for having me, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. So, Andrea, today we're going to be talking about sustainability, and of course, I'm going to start um, with diabetes instead. So, you know, it's it's a few years ago now, I, I see this advertisement for, for diabetes or, you know, to help us fight diabetes in it, and it starts to equate eating a chocolate bar to potentially losing your leg in 30 years. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, my father passed from complications of diabetes, but I'm, I'm thinking... I cannot connect with that message. It, it just, it's too much of a leap for me um, to make. A and then, you know, as I start to get into the sustainability realm or started to a number of years ago, I made, I had that same issue. One and a half degrees as a CEO for 30 odd years and from manufacturing to real estate, I don't know what one and a half degrees meant or means. Um, and, and, and I didn't understand how to make it real for me as a leader for within my organization. So within sustainability, is there a, a message issue that we need to deal with with business leaders? It's uh, definitely the challenge of our generation. I always say it is a challenge uh, of all generations. Uh, maybe I briefly introduce myself. Uh, and on top of uh, thanking you, Kenneth, for having me. Um, my background uh, has been working as a consultant. I was a global green champion of BCG for many years. And um, exactly that question was the question always on the table. Okay, I feel I would like to do more. Everyone would feel would like to do more. If you ask anyone, would you prefer like uh, a green planet, fresh air, or would you prefer uh, a lot of pollution and, uh, I don't know, uh, terrible health around you. No one would ever would tell you I prefer a lot of pollution. Everyone would say I prefer some green air and a greener planet. Mm -hmm. But still, all of us we struggle to take action. All of us we struggle to understand what we can do. And um, this is precisely um, one of the reasons why we created the Illuminar, because we believe that that knowledge, good examples are key to change this world for the better. And so let's go concretely to your to your point, Ken. So as a CEO, as a manager, what should we do? The good news is today, today there are a lot of things that we can do. The examples of everyone is uh, is uh, literally like pivotal to, uh, to make some change happen. And I always start by asking, let's 
investigate what is your core business. Let's investigate what is your core source of impact or emissions or um, you might say water footprint on this planet. And let's try to act on that one. Just applying the simple rules of 8020 and looking at the biggest area of your engagement and the biggest areas of impact, we're already going to find very soon the practical answers of what we can do and what we should do. Andrea, on top of looking at the core though, are there some fundamental business reasons that, that, that CEOs are not thinking about on a daily basis? Meaning the next generation, I mean, they perform their own audits on companies, on their sustainability, whether it's real, whether it's fictional or, or just a, a statement, if you will, um, the, the changing weather and its, its, its impact on supply chain and operations. Is there a level of just here are the three things that are going to impact your bottom line if you do not act? I mean, is is that level missing? Let me be like a very bold here. The future will be green or will not be. Every person of science and every person of business, every person of good uh, spirit understood it. Now, the choice is uh, between convenience of uh, continuing to play uh, a game of not understanding or realizing it fast. Now, specifically, like uh, when it comes to the business dynamics, I think is where you're going and I love it. I think we're now like uh, de facto in a situation where companies are on one side greenwashing. Very simply, they have understood they need to show some actions, but very often they pretend they do much more than what they're really doing for this planet. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, we environmentalists would do like uh, a criticism of ourselves. We have been uh, pointing finger against all those trying to start the journey to get greener, and we have accused them of not doing enough of uh, um, of like lying to us. Let me be honest. In many cases, the accusation was uh, was probably legit, but. Like, uh, it's also true that uh, this is creating the second phenomenon. Greenwashing on one side, greenwashing on the other side. Companies, they now are afraid of communicating everything about the climate, about the impact, because of the risk of being accused for not doing enough, for doing it wrongly. So now I think, what is the fast uh, probably message we can deliver together in this beautiful podcast is it's time to regain some unity. It's time to build bridges. To realize that all together we have a common need to act. It's not time to judge, like, uh, it's time to like get together and get things done. Well, I, I love that. I mean, and, and you know, with your background, your global background at PCG, um, judgment just seems to be the easiest thing. I, I, I mean, as, as a leader, yes, you are all not afraid, but you're, you're hesitant because there is. There's black and white, and, and and that's what sensationalism comes out of. Um, it doesn't come out of your efforts. It doesn't come out of what you're trying to do, only what will get that click, get that like today. So, and, and as you always say, I mean, companies are so important. They're so critical to solve the climate crisis. Um, how do we support that? And, and maybe give us a little background on the importance of their role in solving the climate crisis. This is something I can answer with simple numbers, just to give you like a 
the centrality of businesses in the solution. Too often, we like think everything is in the hands of governments, but we, in this way, we neglect that we citizens and uh, even more companies are probably the real actors that can trigger the transformation we need, the sustainability we expect. Specifically on companies, today companies are responsible for over 70% of the CO2 in the atmosphere, so the gas we often talk about. Today's companies are responsible for 90% of the water losses and consumptions. Today's companies are responsible directly for 92-93% of global deforestation. So very simply, the problems we need to tackle are very often related to the actions of companies. Let's start igniting a revolution, an ESG revolution in companies. And this is probably like the fast, like key lever that we need to act together. So you touched on it before. I mean, those those are obviously, those are critical and, and, and you know, percentages or numbers and they sort of highlight the importance of business. You talked a little bit before about getting to the core rather than dealing with the symptom down the road of the one and a half degrees of the output, like what is creating it. Are there, are there ways for companies to easily understand or get to the root of the core and, and then create that plan rather than, and again, sorry, but how many times people have given me, here's three things to look at. Well, it's like telling me, hey, say I to the future, the future is important, but not giving me a prescription or or a method by which to approach it differently. So how do you address that when you get to the core? This is actually like a, a very like a, a very good question. It's probably one of the reasons why it has been so acceptable, so tolerated the lack of action today, right? Because ultimately, um, we we said it before. We didn't understand it criticality. What really is the big action item you can do? And second, even once you've understood it, we have not really like uh, uh, made it clear which one of the fast snaps that we should expect running is that. Right? Let me tell you that. So, Probably, um, I do not have the answer that is generic applicable to every business, but there are certain elements that are like, uh, let's say, important for everyone. And these are the so-called dimensions that are tracked by the Sustainable Development Goals. So if you like approach your companies to those goals and bring close to your heart, close to your missions, to your very same, uh, let's say, reason of existing of a business, tackling some of these impactful challenges of our generations already you're given enough by giving the examples that we all need then more specifically i hope you allow me i will not go into the details of how each difficult different business can address the water crisis i don't know some uh, inequality issues some uh, carbon issues and so on and so forth but maybe like can i i take another angle to answer like the same question what we also should not do that is uh important and, and, and so often uh, forgotten. We should not summarize all our problems with problems of merely carbon emissions. This is what we call in, uh, in, uh, in academic papers, we call it carbon tunnel. Like uh, in other words, especially like in the 90s, we have granted companies a permission to do whatever they wanted with the simple request of paying some money with the emission, the CO2 emissions they, they are responsible for. This is, um, um, is another angle to answer your question, but it says 
company should not neglect uh, that uh, their impact uh, is uh, multifarious. It's uh, about uh, like um, the well-being of the employees. It's about uh, the well-being of their communities. It's about the water crisis around them. It's about the waste management they're responsible for. It's about so many factors that cannot be summarized only by looking at carbon emissions, taking that simple accounting numbers, maybe offsetting with a couple of, uh, of a purchase of credits and goodbye to everything else. You, you bring up the notion of offsets and it seems like as you said, uh, it, it takes away. It, it takes away to me the understanding of the impact of the situation. It's just another cost line, another accounting line, and what? And I'm not saying that that's you have to. Everybody has to be an altruist, but it, it's it seems to be just a, an overall pass for a corporation. Do, do you see it that way? It seems only that way. So fully with you, that uh, has been too easy so far, like to hide ourselves into, uh, in uh, like the simplicity of simply like uh, uh, looking at the carbon metrics, so accepting that we can uh, have uh, some pledges that are very generic and very like uh, uh, far away in the futures. Now, like uh, it's time to really like, as we said, reassess our criticalities, act on the biggest line of our criticalities, take close to our heart some sustainable development goals, show the examples in those, and bring everything together. I know the answer is intentionally generic, but uh, is as simple as it sounds in the first step that we need to do. So what role does aluminum play in this? I mean, you've been recognized as a leading source of sustainability, information and data. You've, you've been, you're one of the top uh, startups um, in Italy. What role do you play or can you play in this conversation? I love this question, Ken. So uh, maybe we can briefly summarize aluminum for the friends uh, that are uh, meeting us for the first time today. Aluminum um, was born simply uh, as a platform to bring together different services of sustainability. We started with two of them, information and data. In information, like uh, with a platform free for all, we like uh, had the simple mission of bringing together all the quality insights that are helpful decision makers, that are helpful for like normal citizens to approach the world of sustainability. In this, we like uh, believe that the spreading of uh, quality information, the spreading of knowledge is actually like uh, essential to taking informed decisions to like uh, to the examples that you were mentioning before. And today specifically to say what is the mission of Illuminum in uh, in, uh, in an outstanding scope in our next continuation. Today we're working a lot on the topic of ESG. I'm actually very happy to uh, take these eventually some following questions. And in the scope of ESG, we have exactly taken on one mission. It's important to bring radical transparency to what is the sustainable performance of companies. So we, like, uh, concisely, we have two big action items. Number one, spreading quality information and knowledge on sustainability. <laughs> And second, bringing radical transparency on what our businesses are doing in sustainability. I, I, I love what you just said. I mean, not just about the platform, but um, quality information and radical transparency. Um, 
that seems to be one of the major problems with ESG itself is, is just understanding what information is real, what information is practical or, or, or pragmatic and, and applicable. How do you get through the in, incredible level of noise out there um, with aluminum? It's, not, it's never easy, like, um, because um, too often, uh, uh, too often we lack information itself. So the lack of information is even a bigger problem in sustainability than the noise. And when you lack information, it's very difficult to have the data points that enable you to prove something wrong. So it's ultimately, uh, um, it's ultimately like a, a sort of a cycle, a negative cycle that uh, spirals around. But let me, let me give some concrete, uh, concrete actions that we're working on. For what regards data, that is like probably like uh, the backbone of uh, this of that quality of information mentioned, we are now like more and more sophisticated in estimating what are the true numbers behind actions, companies, policies. And this is something incredible that our team is uh, is realizing. And I can tell you with the simplicity of triangulating data points, like the geography of an action, like the number of people engaged, uh, the type of business engaged, already now we can have like a margin of error is acceptable to start understanding and flagging when we are facing some pure green washing, some false information, or when on the contrary, like uh, we are having finally some transparency that is valuable for the entire system. Second, for what regards like the pure, let's say, qualitative information, right? The stories that we want to read. So Illuminum did something very simple, like uh, we started by inviting the most reputable top leaders in the industries. Now, if you're going to go on our website, over 1,000 of them, including ministers, scientists, uh, um, CEOs that write and publish exclusively on Illuminum. And th that one was the first, uh, let's say, guarantee of quality that we could bring. These people are recognized for being like uh, leaders in their field. These people like put their face next to what they write, and we're very proud to provide them platform. Lastly, for what regards instead of like bringing like a comprehensiveness of the debate, we also like uh, have an algorithm, this is AI powered, that aggregates their the many like sources of information that are deemed quality well so like the most famous publications and we also like provide our live summaries to everything they brought so that our users immediately they are confronting with these three data points like the pure data themselves like the exclusive insights and opinions of the top leaders of our planet on sustainability and third aggregated and agnostically aggregated and um, like publications that go out across the media of the world so these have been our recipe uh, for like uh, advancing this course. Look, without credible information and data, you can't find a true solution to anything. You mentioned the leaders of our planet, um, our, the leaders of our governments, excuse me, and policymakers. Where does the rubber really hit the road though? Because I mean, I've been involved with innovation for decades either as an entrepreneur or then you know writing about it studying it T to me um policies government or policies are flawed because of the process in which they're developed you can't really have a right and a wrong or a left and a right but somehow government needs to manage a left and a right when they put a policy together 
information data next steps really aren't a left and right. They're, they're, they're a road, might curve, but they're a road. So what role do you see governments having and are they the critical driver here? I, I like a lot your perspective, Ken, but let me stress, luckily or unlikely, climate is the most transnational like topic challenge ever. As the simplicity of a pollution that can uh, can comes out from uh, uh, from I don't know the chimneys of uh, Shanghai, but are actually having an impact uh, there in your city in Canada to uh, the problems of oceans that uh, ultimately uh, like uh, having repercussions in every single angle of our planet. So the first important message is that we are all in the same planet. We are all having the same consequences. Of course with different uh, nuances, but in uh, big scale, they are very similar. If you live in Canada, if you live in Italy, or if you live in China. Now, let's take the, the angle of governments. Government, of course, are necessary. Governments are the one providing the playground, so setting rules that can bring us in the right directions. But by the very same nature of uh, government action, we um, should not always expect governments to be ahead of the curve. We citizens should be the one that uh, push our governments to take the right bold policies, push our companies to take the right bold actions. So quick answers, government are necessary. They will ultimately be responsible, the right framework, the right laws, the right policies. But our governments will never feel the compelling need to act until it's as citizen to ask with a clear, united voice that change. Very well said. Thank you. Thank you for that, Andrea. So let's take it from up here. Let's take it from the top down to aluminum again. Um, what is what is your solution for the future of ESG? We know government's role. We know we've talked about companies' role. I mean, albeit briefly, what, what is your solution? Yeah, um, I'm out. First of all, we need to be humble because uh, every solution is uh, just a beautiful attempt in the right direction. But uh, we have worked restlessly for the past months on um, addressing the key problems of the world of ESG. Maybe if, if you allow me, Ken, I will actually start by telling you the problem and then I go on in the solutions. The world of ESG today has mainly three big problems. By design, eh? number one, we have reduced the entire discussions on uh, what is green, what is not green, on net indexes. Clear examples. You want to uh, judge that company or that other company? Is we say is B minus, is 24 out of 60, is um, uh, 6 out of 8. Literally, a lot of like numbers that are uncorrelated and unclear to everyone. Here, let me always say the solution next to the problem. To this unclarity of indexes, it's time to bring back real numbers and ask, what is the number of people, a number of women behind uh, that company? What is the number of uh, renewable energy behind that product? What is the number of emissions behind that company? And this is actually already like a revolution of simplicity and transparency. Second, now, uh, in our attempt to move from that carbon tunnel we discussed before, from that risk of having the, over, the exaggerated simplicity of looking only at carbon emissions, now we have done the opposite mistake. 
Now we have indexes, as we said, that are composed of thousands, thousands and thousands of KPIs. I give you an example of some big companies that even brag to have 10,000 KPIs to assess the sustainability of a company. Let me be clear, I don't dislike precisions, but here we are running at exactly another big risk. We're running the risk of creating an arbitrage by which uh, each company can simply decide which story to tell. Because instead of focusing on few important common parameters that are comparable across companies that are like uh, clear and impactful for everyone, each one is trying to narrate a different story that um, maybe I can res uh, like summarize with a Latin sentence. We say, corruptissima repubblica plurime leges. The more the laws, the more corrupt is the republic. And so it created a system that helps not those reading the information, but those literally writing the information. And is actually the second big problem of ESG. The third big problem of ESG, again by design, we have chosen a system that is looking at the risk, not impact. Let me give you here a third concrete example. When today you put $1 into an ESG fund, so a fund that is considered to be sustainable green in your good spirit, in your uh, good attitude, you very often tend to give that money to a um, group of developers, maybe in New York City, maybe in some other realities, company like Spotify to listen to the music or like uh, to play video games. Nothing again listening to the music, of course, but you understand that it's not there, the impact that we all need. So we have just created a system by which what is good is what is less risk for the environment instead of being what has the most impact for the better. Mm -hmm. So if I can summarize, we have a lot of indexes instead of real numbers. We have too many KPIs and no simplicity. We have uh, a system to look at risk rather than looking at impact. And we have just decided to do the opposite. And so the solution we like wanted to bring is a platform. First of all, free for all. Second, easy to access and bring in the real numbers of every company where you can monitor in one click the environmental performance of, of that business and that other, where you can take your investment decision, your, your like, um, let's say, job decision, where you can take your like a procurement decision. So look how simple, and I and I uh, stop like on this answer here, look how simple would it be like if you can decide what to buy or where to work by having clear in your mind that that company is really reducing emissions, is really having diversity steam, is really acting for what matters to you. Today, you cannot. This is something that we took as a challenge and hopefully we are delivering with our next story. Well, th thank you for that description. Thank you for taking up the challenge. And Andrea, today is, is our, our hundredth episode of uh, Ingenious Thinkers um, starts to come to a close here. One last question for you. You say you took up the challenge. Um, why you? I mean, you are you are the global green champion for BCG. I mean, that that is pretty rarefied air in terms of the business community globally. Why did you take up the challenge yourself and with your partners and uh, and collaborators at Aluminum? That's uh, probably the most beautiful question because it's very personal. <laughs> always, uh, uh, I always like to 
to thank you the people that uh, helped me to realize the, the need of giving the example, the need of uh, uh, taking the challenge. As you said before, Ken, I come from Tuscany. I come from uh, uh, one of those territories where uh, nature is uh, everything. Is something that uh, you see as a, as a graceful mother. And um, I've seen with my eyes the consequences of climate change only in, uh, in, the, uh, in the few years that, uh, uh, that uh, lifespan allowed. And um, at that point, I really, I really said to myself, you want to be like uh, guided, because this world is changing us, is actually like guiding us to a new reality, where you want to guide something for the better. I felt that compelling need inside. Those people that were somehow next to me, they gave me the right motivation to say, I'm going to try it. And so I became one of the many, because I the, the first message to pass is that I'm not alone at this. I'm one of the many climate quitters, those that leave a big corporate career, like uh, the Derbets say, we give it a try. We take the most beautiful years of our life to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And now, like, let me tell you the most beautiful thing. Uh, there is not a single day where I don't uh, meet uh, people a bit like us that have the same uh, willingness to have a lasting positive impact and uh, and we ultimately the secret for each other to keep going and uh, hopefully like uh, like you know the good stories the good ones will win <laughs> well thank you thank you for um for sharing that the passion comes through uh very clearly Andrea Gori, Chief Earth Officer and founder of Illumin.com. Thank you so much for, for sharing your time today with Say Hi to the Future to listeners and viewers. Thanks to you all for having me and uh, all the best you can and to your community. Thank you. If you enjoy this episode and you want to support our show, leave us a review and join our mailing list by visiting www.spider.works. That's S-P-Y-D-E-R.works and subscribe to our channel. Leave us a comment with who we should interview next. Thank you for listening and see you all next Friday.